the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. So I watch a lot of financial media. Like an 18-year-old boy watches the NFL. I bet you thought I was going somewhere else with that. In financial media recently, I've seen a lot of Ken Fisher. I don't know if he needs a new boat or something, but he's getting out there a lot. Anytime I see him, it just reminds me of Halloween. He's a scary-looking dude. He's a billionaire who once called me because I called out his sales staff on air. I said, basically, I once went to a holiday party, and his people were... He flew in his some sales agents from around the country, and, you know, he gave him the corporate credit card, go have fun. I kind of got stuck in an area close to them, and I just found them to be the... I hate using the word douche, but you know what I'm saying. The guys who wear white pants all year round, the guys who try to look like Pitbull, the guys who high-five each other at football games who aren't players, the guys who wear jerseys to NFL games, you know who they are. The guys who live vicariously through other people's actions, the guys who have their initials monogrammed on their shirt in case they forget their name, so anyway, um, I went to an event. I just I heard them basically talk about not scamming people, but how dumb people are at investing. And if you ever, you know, Google Ken Fisher negatives, you'll see that there's been some arbitration. That's the bad thing about this industry is a lot of times when you sign relationship contracts, you you sign something that says you're not going to sue me ever. If the stock market crashes or I give bad advice or something doesn't work out, you're not going to sue me. We're going to get arbitration. And that sucks. Because I, I think if you were able to sue people, it would weed out a lot of bad apples. So Ken Fisher called me because I said something about you know his sales force. And I, I've met two billionaires in the world of business, and he's one of them. I'd love to meet Warren Buffett. I don't, I don't have that kind of scratch, though, but, man, I would love to meet him. So... Fisher says, I hear you said something bad about my people. What's up? He started whispering at me, and I'm like, I'm freaking out of my mind. 
I mean, he's a billionaire. In theory, he could probably pay someone to kill me. Put me in a bathtub and melt me. Like, I don't like that. That scares me. But I said what I said, so I stood up to it. And I, I said, you know, I, I'm in the industry, you're in the industry, you know, maybe we're not on the same page, but your sales force is something that I don't have any respect for because I see how they talk about the customers. It's like, stop talking about my sales force on air. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. So that's a true story. But every time I see him on TV right now, I'm like, he's scary. But now it's not because he's a billionaire. It's because he's got something weird going on with his Adam's apple. I know you're saying, are you picking on someone? Are you Adam Apple shaming someone? Maybe. Um, What was that all about? I have no clue. Roku, best known for its video streaming hardware. Um, I'm using Roku. Um... I think it's a great way for me to, you know, tie together all my subscriptions to like HBOs and such. It's the data that the company collects from me that doesn't have me squared. It just I, I see where the company's going. They've got 22 million registered users. They know my age. They know my income. They know where I live. They know what I subscribe to. They know what I watch. They're going to be able to go to advertisers soon. They launched something in September 2017 that no one really knows about called the Roku Channel. It offers movies, TV shows, and um, news feeds from TV and digital programmers. It's the fifth most popular app on the platform in terms of reach. So Roku said it had 22 million registered users, though the Roku Channel is also available online and on iOS and Android devices. So you look at them as a hardware company, and you're like, well, they're going to end up, that's going to end up badly because everything's going to be built in TVs, including their technology. And when you get to 22 million people, suddenly advertisers are starting to pay attention because the Super Bowl is, what, 100 million people? Tonight on NBC, what will they get, 3 million, 2 million, million and a half? Depends on what show it is. So when you get 22 million people, it's pretty cool. So Roku has this simple, simple channel. They're not showing you the cutting-edge movies. They may be showing you, like, Spider-Man. You're like, Spider-Man's awesome! But it's the 1978 TV show, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever spider can. Spins web, fights crime. I don't know the next line. There goes Spider-Man! Right? So, they get stuff that they don't have to pay a lot of money for, and they put a little advertising in front of it, and boom. Everyone's happy. The people who gave them the content for almost no money get something, and they get something. So they're expanding its ad revenue to surpass the amount of money it makes from device sales this year. That's pretty impressive. So is it an advertising company, or is it a hardware company? You get Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu who have a stranglehold on subscription side of the uh, media industry. Roku's got a shot at becoming one of the biggest players in an ad-supported streaming video. Where, you know, something dawned on me the other day. I know you're saying, man, you're incredibly stupid. That took you a long time to come up with. I've been watching The House on Haunted Hell. I think that's the name on it. Um, or what? The House on Jonah Hell. Maybe that's what it is. Um, Jonah Hell's everywhere. These things are right. Holy mackerel. There's an R-rated joke about being on top of Jonah Hell, but I'm not going there because this is a clean family adult show. Behave yourself. I haven't been to my manager's office to be written up in a while. And you know how bad it is when you're over 40 years old and you have to be written up because you said something PG-13? That is not appropriate behavior, okay? 
So I was watching Netflix, and I was watching House on Haunted Hill, and it dawned on me, like, hey, there's no commercials. I'm like, it's so nice not to have commercials. And a friend of mine, a couple years ago, uh, he had a kid, and I didn't have any kids or anything like that. And he goes, I, 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 was, I was curious. I was like, what, what's the big thing about, you know, what's the, what's the worst part about being a dad? And he goes, well, I can't watch Sports Center anymore. I'm like, what? You can't watch Sports Center? And uh, he goes, yeah, the commercials are just so violent. My wife freaks out if one of the kids are in the room with me. I'm like, got it. So losing commercials is actually something societally speaking. It has a big ramification. But Roku Channel is trying to prioritize the Roku Channel going forward because Roku wants full control over ad sales. Uh, Roku gets cut of the advertising inventory from the video programmers. More than a year ago, the Roku channel was drawing advertiser interest. Roku's channel can collect $40 CPMs based on what's been recently paid to run ads for free-to-watch channels. So companies like Hulu, everyone's looking at this. And Netflix, at some point in time, they have data on all of us, right? What we're watching. If you're watching a horror movie, maybe there's a commercial at the end of the show for the next big horror movie in theaters. Or if you're watching a lot of action shows, maybe there's a commercial for the next Avengers movie. I heard they all die. That's what I've heard. That, yeah, they all die. So, Or they all go to a planet and become very lonely people who brood. Why do superheroes brood? If I had superhero powers, I wouldn't be brooding. I guess I do have superhero powers. I'm Superman. I can fly. I can save the world. I can't be hit with bullets. I don't age. Well, maybe I do age. But long story short, he had an older dad. Why does he brood? Go be Superman. It's not like you're below average man. That's when you brood. Anyway, big event coming up in San Jose at the Rotary Center. You can sign up for it by going to Rob Black Show November 17th. It's a Saturday. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. What's that you say? Oh man, no way. Lay down on it and everything will be alright. Don't hand me that. I'm alright, Jack. Lay down on it because the body starts to fight. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Late this time, I got to get what's mine. Little squirrel nut zippers bringing us back from break because it's your money, it's your election. And I think I can make some ties to the 1920s and how great unemployment is. Go check out this video and tell me if you don't fall in love with the lead singer. Squirrel Nut Zippers put a lid on it. That's the beauty of YouTube, right? A band that plays jazz. It's reminding me of the 1920s and the Roaring Twenties. Speaking of Roaring, let's bring in the one the only CFP, Chad Burton, who will be in San Jose, California, at the Rotary Center, November 17th, for a rare Saturday appearance. Mr. Burton, how are you? I am great. Roar. Do you, There's my roar. Do you think we are... That is a roar. Do you think we're in a roaring 20s kind of scenario where 
The jobs reports just look great. Inflation's pretty tame. There's a little wage inflation. It's not like the end of World War One just happened, but things seem to be going really well in the U.S. economy. It kind of had to be fun back then. They'd like, go to a bar, underground bar that you know where you couldn't get alcohol anywhere else, and and dance like you see in the movies. Right. Other than Think that, about the it. The similarity I can make to it. Oh, I could see many similarities, but we won't get into that because this is your segment, not mine. But um, yeah, like the the legalization of marijuana is kind of like the end of prohibition, isn't it? Uh-huh. Oh, that's true. Uh-huh. You're right. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So let's talk about your event. You're going to be doing a wealth preservation retirement income. Income is super important in retirement because Social Security is not going to cut the mustard, so to speak. I don't even know what that means. But um, that's going to be in San Jose at the Rotary Center on the 17th. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com and sign up. How soon do retirees need to start considering planning for taxes post-retirement? Because I have no clue about taxes in the afterlife or, in this case, retirement. I yeah, a decade before. I mean, you got to get uh, a decade. If you haven't really done a, a, a detailed financial plan, it has to do with a tax analysis, cash flow production, Monte Carlo simulation, all the things that you need to know. Are you ready to retire in ten years? That's kind of the key zone. Um, and part of that is, at some point, you may need to give up your pre-tax deferral in your four hundred one k and do a post-tax deferral in your Roth four hundred one k, where you don't get an immediate tax break, but you might grow some money tax-free so that you can plan better when it comes to the first several years in retirement. For example, we talk about Social Security planning all the time. It's it's a very hot topic um, where, when do I take Social Security? And the only way that I can tell you exactly when to take it is if you can tell me exactly when you and your spouse are going to die. I can give you the perfect number. But for most people, it's going to pay. If you know you're going to live to your mid-80s or more, it's going to pay for you to delay your Social Security till 70. But if you retire at 65... Where are you going to get your money from for that next five years? And if all of your money is tied up into a 401k that has not been taxed, it may not be as good for you to delay as it is for somebody else that has some cash, has some 401k, and has some mutual funds or stocks that they can have a lower tax from. Um, also, you need to know uh, what does your tax situation look like at age 70 and a half when your required minimum distributions kick in? And the IRS is forcing you to take more money out of your 401k or IRA than you want to. And there's all sorts of strategies in terms of how do I deal with my company stock when I retire that I know I own too much of. So we're starting to see these, you know, these corrections of companies that have done really, really well where people are over-concentrated, whether it's Facebook or recently Apple, Amazon, um, you know, companies where, oh, I, I, I can actually have 25% corrections. Um, and so knowing how to deal with that tax-wise is very important. Yeah, I would say so. And um, corrections are going to happen. And we haven't had a good one in a long time. And bear market's going to happen. And tax yeah. planning is part of kind of the end of that tunnel, so to speak. And I know that's saying it in a kind of funny way, but I kind of still stand by that. Let's move on to you, though. How does tax analysis work with Social Security? Because... Some states do Social Security taxes, some states don't, some are more lenient, some are less. i got to imagine that's a nightmare, especially when you're 65 and you're just tired and your brain doesn't work like it used to. Yeah, it's, and, and a lot of it is, again, delaying Social Security. I mean, we were just talking to somebody the other day that um, had had a heart attack like 10 years ago. They're 65 now, and they're like, are you sure I should wait till 70 until I take Social Security? I had a heart attack 10 years ago, so odds are I'm not going to live past 80. And I said, well, yes, but it doesn't really matter. You married a younger 
woman and she's going to live a lot longer than you. And when you die, she's going to get your check and yours is going to go away. So you absolutely need to delay it because his social security was about twice as much as hers if he waited till 70. So there's that type of planning. But again, if you're going to delay, if you're going to retire at 65 and not take social security till 70, if you, you know, need a dollar to pay, to, to pay your expenses, you're going to have to pull, you know, buck 25, a buck 30 out of your 401k or IRA to pay for that. So um, the delaying almost always makes sense for people that have a mix of assets, but if all you have is retirement accounts, it may not. And then if you barely have enough or not even enough to retire, maybe it's an issue of like a reverse mortgage to fund your retirement from 65 to 70, and then you turn Social Security on, and then you start tapping your other accounts as well. That's kind of a plan B. I don't want that's for more of people that were forced into retirement, Rob. I'm somewhere between 5, 10, 15, 20 years from retirement, and what you just said glazed my eyes over. It's tough for me to, like, really want to hear that. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Well, but it's, it's tough. Been together for 19 years, so you've heard. Oh, no, 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 no. Right? Oh, no, no, no. This is the first time where I've started saying, I just had a big birthday recently, and uh, this is the first time in my life where I'm starting to think, you know, I, you and I have been known each other for 20-plus years. It, it's It's been a great run, and, like, i got to start thinking about the next page, so to speak. Um, when I do retire, when I do slow down, um, I'm going to raise puppies. Am I going to play Fortnite all day and buy NFL jerseys that only are on the video game? <laughs> and like people are doing this stuff. And ah, I don't know. I don't know. So, how about me, who's really over concentrated in stocks? And you've heard me say stupid yeah. things like, "I'm not a big fan of bonds," but at some point in time, I'm going to need the income from bonds, or I'm going to need more income. How about people who are over concentrated on stocks? Well, yeah. So. What you can do is, is, let me give you an example of somebody that has no other income, right? So uh, if you have an over-concentration in stock, let's say it's Apple, you're going to have some dividends that hit your tax return even if you're not spending it. So let's say you right. don't have any ex- deductions at all. Married couple filing jointly still has 24000 of the new standard deduction. So let's say that wipes out your dividends, the tax on your dividends. Well, a married couple could still raise another seventy some thousand dollars in capital gains and still be at a zero percent federal bracket. So those that have concentrated stock and they get to retirement and they just live off of their cash because they don't want to sell stock and pay taxes, they could be giving up an enormous benefit right now that will probably go away in 2026 by selling a bunch of stock, harvesting gains to rebalance and, and diversify at zero or even a 10% bracket in some cases. Uh, we we see this all the time where we can tell people we can do a model at the end of the year and say look you could sell another you know ten thousand dollars of your um, Amazon stock and really not pay much more in taxes at all. It, it happens let's end, quite often. Let's end it there and bring you back to talk more about this and people can come to the seminar. You can check out Chad Burton at New Focus Financial. You can sign up for the seminar on November seventeenth from nine thirty to eleven thirty with CFP Chad Burton. At the Rotary Center in San Jose, go to newfocusfinancial.com, use the code RADIO25, listen to a show tomorrow from 6 to 7 on this very station. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Arcade Fire bringing us out from break, an indie rock band from Canada. From Montreal, actually. A couple of years ago, I kind of fell in love with this band, William Butler. I think he's a great lead. But what's interesting about them is they kind of broke a model. Instead of signing a, with a record label, they, they printed their own album, made some money, bought some equipment, made another album, printed that, printed it, made some more money. Like, they financed their whole business. Things change, right? Talk about things changing. The elections are happening today, and there's going to be some changes of power. Let's bring on the bright minds from briefing.com. Talk a little about this. How are you, sir? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay, thanks. Hope you're doing well. Patrick O'Hare, live in Chicago. Did you vote today, or is that going to be a later on event for you? I voted twice today. Nice. <laughs> Playing a little patriotic music for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I got to ask. Midterms, it's all over the news. You can't turn on Bloomberg or CNBC. You can't go to the Wall Street Journal without thinking. There's like 10 different angles that can come out of this or 10 different responses that can come out of the elections. Are, are, I've, I've just decided I'm going to wait and see. I don't know if the Republicans are going to win, the Democrats are going to win. I don't know what it means with the stock market. I'm just going to wait and see. Where do you stand and where does briefing stand on the midterm elections? Um, I think that uh, their importance to the market's overstated, frankly. Okay. Um, Got it. You know, uh, I think everyone's getting too caught up in, in what a knee-jerk reaction will be to to the outcome here. Uh, when you need to take a step back and really appreciate that what matters more to the market is where interest rates are headed, uh, where the trade conversation is going, and what the economic trajectory is around the world. Okay, those those factors are all going to influence one way or another, positively or negatively, uh, the direction of earnings growth. Right, and while it's fair to to say that you know the composition of Congress can uh, indirectly influence those factors, um, to you know to think that you know, whatever the result is come tomorrow morning, that everything's going to be hunky-dory surrounding views on interest rates and trade and uh, and global economic growth. Uh, it, it really is, you know, reaching for the stars. I mean, because you've, you've, you've got to uh, let time pass, obviously. Um, things happen and, and, you know, watch those trends unfold. None of that's going to be taken care of uh, Come tomorrow morning, so um, so it will provide a lot of you know trading excitement, perhaps. But we cautioned our subscribers really to, to take everything with a grain of salt uh, because initial reactions, um, you know. But, but I think a good example here, right, is that you know if, if people think that you know if the Democrats uh, you know win control of both houses, that that you're going to see the you know the rollback of tax legislation, right? Um, and that's very, very difficult to accomplish because you're going to need 60 votes in the Senate. And it's, it's a pretty much an improbability that Democrats are going to have those 60 votes that are necessary to override a presidential veto, right? So we can kind of get too caught up in the in the um, uh, the noise in the echo chamber, really, around around politics. And, and so, sorry to give you a long-winded answer, but it's probably my least topic of conversation as a market analyst, uh, because politics is such sensitive business, but I do think that uh, the business media and, uh, and and even market participants themselves get too keyed up about what 
any initial response is going to be to an election outcome. I hear you. And um, it's been frustrating for me to the point of I just kind of, like I said, I'm going to just wait till tomorrow, see uh, if the Titanic floated back up or if it stayed at the bottom. I don't have to know the end of the movie today, so to speak. Um, So changing pages and uh, looking for news out there today, there's there's not a lot. This is a tough time to find really good you know dirt on the market. One of the things I saw was the job openings, the Jolts report, still very very strong. We got a lot. This it's not the Roaring Twenties, it's not the 1950s, but this is a pretty healthy job market. Does that solve as a market analyst almost all bad things? Like if we have jobs, the economy works, the economy works, the stock market works, the stock. And sometimes I oversimplify. Are the jobs mm-hmm. as important as I make them sound? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is really important, right? Now, one thing to take into account that the September number. Okay, we already got the October employment report, but um, but to your okay. to your bigger point, though, I mean, if you get the number of job openings exceeding the number of people that are actually unemployed, as you know, as officially recorded in that employment situation report, it does point to the prospect of you know uh, higher wages down the down the road, you know, um, because. Um, Businesses are going to have to compete stronger for for labor, uh, and one way to do that is to attract uh, qualified candidates with higher wages. So it is something to keep an eye on there. But but ultimately, um, the more people who are working, the more people who are earning more money, uh, the better it is for the U.S. economy. I mean, this economy is is driven by consumer spending. It accounts for roughly seventy percent of GDP. And when the consumers are spending confidently, businesses are reinvesting in a more confident fashion, too, because they feel better about uh, about end demand being there uh, on the other side of that investment activity. And so uh, so it does matter greatly uh, in terms of what's happening within the labor market. And, and you know, frankly, I think we, we've seen that borne out uh, to a large degree in, in recent GDP data, where you have seen a very healthy pickup in consumer spending. Um, that has been facilitated somewhat by the tax cuts, uh, but certainly by the fact that consumers are feeling better about job security. And when consumers feel better about job security, they feel better about going out and making expenditures that uh, in turn drive uh, you know, the economy. Again, a wonderful answer, and thank you for all you do for us. Um, taking a look at the markets, today is obviously the midterm election. A lot of people are going to be voting. Um, but there's also, I saw some pretty interesting news like CVS Health and how they're trying to shut down or not, they're finishing their acquisitions. Do you see more acquisitions? And I almost want to say kind of a bastardization of business plans where something that used to be retail is now going into insurance plans and uh, drug distributions. And I'm starting to see retailers uh, come up with new ways to get you to do business with them. Uh, more mergers that aren't necessarily obvious down the road. Question mark. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a tough. That's a tough question to answer. Um, I, I do think that um, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's such an increasingly competitive world um, that you do have to find ways to innovate and to uh, ensure that you're maintaining, if not growing, your market share. And when you have companies that are flush with cash. Uh, and still relatively high stock prices. Um, you know, they have a currency in their stock price that can also help lead to, uh, you know, the acquisition effort. Um, 
yeah, you know, you're going to you're going to continue to see this M and A activity. Now, maybe one of the things that slows things down here, possibly in the in the um, you know intermediate term, is if you do get you know a jump in interest rates, right, which becomes you know a little bit more difficult and more expensive to do leverage buyouts and things like that. And, and so, I think uh, it's a factor out there that might make companies be a little bit more deliberate with their acquisition plans in the intermediate term, but, you know, you can always expect there to be M&A activity because I think it's just, you know, typical business nature to want to keep growing and keep uh, trying to build that market share uh, and to be more profitable. I saw two stories out today that I'm trying to blend into one. 401k millionaires at Fidelity jumped 41% in the third quarter to a record 187,400. That's story number one. And then I'm blending it with U.S. Christmas sales predicted to surpass $1 trillion for the first time this year. And that's why I invest in the stock market. I know you're saying that's kind of a weird blend, but I don't see it that way. I see you know, the jobs report, the 401k millionaires. I see spending coming down two to three months down the road of a $1 trillion. And I, just, I continue to say, because we're consumers, that helps the stock market because we have jobs that helps the consumers. And... I try to tie it all together, and I give you and me a lot of credit for the number 401k millionaires because I think people are really awake to the idea of save for your nest egg because you're going to be living off it from 60 to 100. So um, Christmas sales predicted to hit a trillion. Are you increasing your spending or are you decreasing your spending, Mr. Iyer? Oh, well, I've got four children, uh, so it seems like the uh, the spending goes up each <laughs> each year. So, uh, And, and uh, they're all in uh, kind of that... Uh, Santa Claus age or, or not far from it. So, um, so yeah, no, there won't be a reduction in spending, I don't believe, uh, in the O'Hare household this year when it comes to Christmas. But I think as an aside, though, Rob, I mean, this, this Christmas season should be extremely good because of a number of the factors you just pointed out, right? You have the wealth effect in play, um, and you have a really strong labor market, consumers feeling good about uh, about job security. Uh, you have real wages that are still not growing, uh, accelerating the way you'd like to see them, but they are starting to pick up some, and uh, and so there's greater spending potential in that. And you still have a high personal savings rate, too, um, which kind of affords some spending cushion there, which you often see you know, consumers get a little bit ahead of themselves spending around the holidays, uh, but they have a little cushion in their personal savings account that they perhaps didn't have a few years ago. And so those factors will combine to create what should be a really good holiday selling season. Patrick O'Hare, I think you're a genius. You're able to go with the flow with my off-the-track thinking. I wildly appreciate it. Patrick O'Hare is at briefing.com. Have a good Christmas and have a good election day, and thanks for voting and all that good stuff. Check out Patrick O'Hare with his page one I do every single day at briefing.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. All my new friends, we smile at party time, but soon we forget to smile at anything else. Won't you help me sober up, growing up and make me numb, and I want to feel something again. Thank you, 
Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I am so fortunate to have lived a full life. I'm very pleased. I think investing, I found myself in it. When I was 18 years old, 17 years old, I was like, I don't want to work for AT&T. I don't want to work for an IBM. I don't want to work for a big company. I knew I wasn't smart enough to be an engineer. I found myself. I found it well. And uh, thank you so much for letting me do this. So retail stocks keep beating the market. And that's fascinating because you keep seeing stories on Amazon, right? And Toys R Us is going out of business. And, you know, how many companies have been shut down because of Amazon? How many companies were shut down? How many mom and pops were shut down from Walmart? People used to hate Walmart because they would come into a town and put the local hardware store out of business or the local pet food store out of business. Now people are starting to hate Amazon because they're putting the Macy's out of business or the Toys R Us out of business. Retail stocks keep beating the market right now. And how long will that last? You get high-profile names like Starbucks and Nike and Amazon. Retails remain strong. Upbeat consumers have been spending. As my stocks go up in value, you know what I do? I go out and buy a second house, and I put stuff in it. As my stocks go up, I go, you know what? I used to ride vehicles 150, 200,000 miles. Maybe 110,000 is what I'm going to go get a new one or a different one. So the confidence kind of starts to build. I feel, today I put the pieces together, I, I do think we're kind of got a roaring 20s things going on whether it's the end of prohibition with alcohol and uh, marijuana in the United States becoming more legalized in Canada, it's totally legal now. I see uh, jobs aplenty. Um, I almost want to go into, who's the guy who's like, I see scars of blue. <laughs> I don't want to go that far. But that's what I'm feeling, right? Are you feeling it? So retail stocks continue to, to outperform right now, and that's telling you that consumer discretionary is strong. I don't have to have. Here we go. What a wonderful. I hate stepping on this guy's voice. I don't know that makes any sense. I just want to hear it. This wasn't a movie, Benji. I don't know when Benji, the movie, came out. I want to say late 70s, early 80s. 1974. That's the right answer. He was a fictional character created by Joe Camp. But anyway, let's go back to the stock market. Um, but Benji was an amazing dog. Man, the power of media on children, huh? For some reason, I just remembered that I saw the movie Benji, and there was a girl dog in the movie called Tiffany, and the criminals holed up in a house, and Benji, they, I think they had Tiffany, or they had Benji, and one of the criminals kicked Benji, and it was a moment that you winced as a child. I know you're saying you're wincing right now when I sing, I see skies blue, the colors of the rainbow. So Christmas is right around the corner, talking about, like, Really? <laughs> you go in there right now? Let's see. What do we got? 25 plus 20. We got a 50 days till Christmas. Woohoo! And the Charlie Brown singers are out. Retail's going to hit 1.002 trillion this year. 
awesome. In-store sales are forecast to rise 4.4% year-on-year. That's great growth. Remember, the takeaway is somewhere between 2 to 4% growth is what we want. In almost everything, GDP, retail sales, same-store sales, that's a good number. Four is too hot. 2% like, oh, no, you're going to start sliding down. 3% is just right. It's Goldilocksian. What's up with that girl breaking and entering into the bear's house? She would be arrested today. Right? She ate their food. She slept in their beds. Criminal. That's all I have to say about that. So, consumer discretionary going back, it's going to get weaker at some point in time because it's so strong right now. Are you ready for that? Are you ready, spaghetti? Are you ready, ski daddy? Ooh. I'm ready for a pullback. I have to be. It comes with the territory. Fortnite's doing something fantastic. The company, Fortnite, the game, Fortnite's already earned over a billion dollars this year. And Red Dead Redemption pulled in a billion dollars. Red Dead Redemption 2 pulled in a billion dollars and helped take two stock out from the stock market this year. It's pulled in over a billion in like a week, right? Pretty weird game. Go to YouTube and watch some Red Dead Redemption 2 videos. You don't even have to buy the game to enjoy the game. You can watch it on YouTube or uh, Twitch. So video games are big right now. It's rumored there's going to be a new Xbox next year. A new Sony PlayStation because it's probably going to be the last major console. We're expecting internet speeds to go so fast that the video game companies will have the video games on their servers and their storage, and it doesn't have to be in your home. But that's a different topic, because it's a little bit too early to start investing in that. Good article today by David Lazarus, and I'm not a big fan of David Lazarus. Um, he's kind of one of those pompous reporter for the people kind of guys. But he's talking about it's time cell phone signal jammers were installed in people's steering wheels. That's going to happen, I believe, at some point in time. So, um, I can relate to that idea. It's illegal to have a cell phone in your hand while you are behind the wheel in California. I get it. So I tip my hat to Benji, who's long dead, probably stuffed in some museum somewhere. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show, when you're there, you're going to see a thing that says something about a seminar coming up November 17th in San Jose, California. You can sign up for the events, retirement income planning in the morning. Invest beyond a 401k in the afternoon by going to Rob Black's show on the 17th of November. Sign up using the code RADIO25 for free. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.